Good morning and welcome to a February 1st edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our usual esteemed Tuesday morning colleague, Dr. J.B. Hickson. And uh, we are really excited that you've joined us today, and we have a, a particularly special subject uh, to talk about today. It's, uh, we're, we're going to make it a three-part series, um, and uh, I'm not going to tip into what it is. I'm going to let JB do that. JB, welcome this morning. Uh, how are you doing? Hey, Curtis. Great. Uh, I, it sounded like you said our steamy colleague, J.B. Hickson. Is that, I did say that. I okay. did say steamy. Well, I don't know how steamy it is here in Colorado. We're expecting a big uh, snowstorm with uh, eight or 10 inches. And uh, you so, guys, too. huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming your way, too, up there in the oh, Midwest. Yeah, We're excited about it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of neat. I'm sitting here in my basement office looking out at the, into the trees of my uh, forested uh, property here with snow on the ground. It's not snowing yet, but uh, I'm just thankful to God that we have a good place of shelter with warm heat. And, uh, and I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing than talking about uh, the gospel with you guys today. And that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, if we can dive right in, I'll start, uh, start the discussion. Absolutely. Uh, like I say, we're going to make it a three-part series. Um, we got... Uh, this came about as the result of a listener letter, didn't it, JB? Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys, like Not By Works, also get quite a bit of feedback, uh, email, and we get voicemails. And it seems like every day I'm, I'm responding to several inquiries. Uh, had a great discussion yesterday from someone out in Palm Springs, California, uh, wow. super sweet believer, and just a great encouraging phone call. And uh, <clears throat> I, I had some neat connections to Palm Springs because I've done a conference out there. And so I was able to, to have a laugh with them about my ex funny experience I had there. But anyway, we got a, an email uh, last week from a listener and they had a great suggestion. <clears throat> they said uh, that they were going to be uh, teaching a prophecy class in their church. And they've been using a lot of the material from Not By Works and using uh, my book, What Lies Ahead, a biblical overview of the end times. And uh, that in their class, they had uh, decided they were going to be going down the road of providing some practical training on how to use uh, the subject of Bible prophecy uh, as an, an entryway for the gospel. In other words, how can we translate our love for Bible prophecy into ways to share the gospel uh, with others? Uh, because it seems like you know, everybody these days has kind of uh, got one eye on the Bible and one eye on the newspaper and the clouds and wondering what in the world's going on. And, um, you know, even uh, less mature believers or even unbelievers are kind of antsy about all that we see happening in the world around us. And so right. um, this uh, believer that uh, emailed me was suggesting that, or was saying that they're going to kind of go down that discussion in their Bible study and wondered if I might address it on our next uh, Christian Underground News Network. So I, of course, reached out to you, and, and you and I both thought, wow, what a fantastic idea. It really, it really is a fantastic <laughs> idea. Yeah. yeah, it makes this uh, subject so practical, which is, by the way, what Bible study is all about. It's about a changed life. It's not just about getting smarter. Uh, <clears throat> so <clears throat> we talked, you and I, and, and we're going we're gonna to dive into it. So uh, this week, 
uh, we're going to kind of talk about one of this uh, listener's first questions was, how can we start a gospel conversation with an unbeliever by bringing up current events and prophecy that are happening in the headlines? And so well, that's a great question. And we've got really is, yeah. thoughts on that. And but before we get to that, I thought I'd, I would lay the foundation by just talking about something that is so near and dear to my heart and, and is the driving passion of Not By Works Ministries, and that is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel message. Because unless you really understand just how important and critical the gospel is, then it's, it's going to be difficult to be motivated to share it uh, for any reason and in any context. And so, uh, obviously, this uh, listener who sent the email has a passion for the gospel and wants to see other people come to faith in Christ. She cares about the souls of uh, her friends and, and others. And so that's uh, fantastic. And we should all have that passion for Amen. evangelism. But uh, it, it, what I find is that sometimes when uh, churches uh, do care about the gospel and promote it, they don't always promote it accurately. And of course, in my book, Getting the Gospel Wrong, addresses six prevalent false gospel methodologies that are just everywhere you turn in evangelical Christianity today. And so it's one thing to have a passion for sharing the gospel with others, but if you're not doing it right, then really you're actually doing more harm than good, uh, because people might respond to a false gospel presentation and think that they therefore uh, have been saved and received eternal life, but in reality they haven't. Um, So we just need to make sure we get the gospel right. Uh, before we talk about practical ways that we can uh, start an evangelistic discussion with others. So very simply, uh, the Bible uh, teaches that salvation from the penalty of sin uh, can only be obtained one way. It's not something you can earn or work for. You can never be good enough to accomplish it. Uh, It's not something you can purchase with any of your own resources. It is a free gift that can only be received by faith alone and Christ alone, a period. Uh, It was purchased by the shed blood of Christ. He paid the sin penalty for every human being, uh, and he offers freely to all the eternal life that he purchased when he paid that penalty uh, to everyone, and it's free. Uh, You can't work for it, Uh, but like all gifts, it has to be received. It's not automatically uh, done. You've got to uh, receive it. I had a conversation uh, this morning with um, our internet provider at the house because I got my bill by email. And the bill, <laughs> I kid you not, it said, here's your latest bill. Do not pay. You are enrolled in auto pay and the amount due will be drafted uh, from your account, which is correct. I, of course, had signed up for auto pay. And right below that note in the email, it said, your account has passed due. You did not pay the bill last month. <laughs> so they charged me a $32 late fee. So I got on the phone and I uh, said, the first thing I said when I finally got a live person on the phone was, uh, hey, I, I just like to talk to you for a minute. Uh, I have a problem. They said, oh, really? What's that? I said, well, you stole $32 from me. And the guy said, what? But anyway, I went on to explain that uh, I had signed up for auto pay and my, pay, my bill was supposed to automatically be paid. In fact, your email told me that it was going to be automatically paid. 
and yet it wasn't apparently. And now you're charging me $32 uh, for a late fee. I said, if you'd have told me I needed to pay it, I would have paid it. But I was under the impression that it was automatic. Well, he looked into it. And of course, there was a glitch with the system and one thing led to another. And he finally fixed it and credited me back the, uh, the, the late payment fee. But the point of that is, unlike an auto payment, when you get your mortgage or your car payment or other bills automatically drafted each month, salvation's not automatic. Right. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, it didn't mean that every human being, period, gets to go to heaven now. That would be universalism, and the Bible doesn't teach that. That's the Bible correct. teaches there's one condition that each and every individual must do, must meet, if they're going to go to heaven, and that is they have to personally receive the free gift. That's right. And the way you do that is there has to be a moment in time when you recognize you're a sinner, that you need a savior, that you cannot save yourself, right. that Jesus Christ is that savior, and that yes. by virtue of his death and resurrection, he paid your sin penalty, and he offers to you freely the gift of eternal life if you'll trust in him and him alone for it. Amen. So more than 660 times in the New Testament alone, the Bible speaks of eternal salvation being obtained by faith. Right. So the simplest way to say it is, uh, as the way Jesus said it in John 6, 47, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. So when we are sharing the good news, which is what the gospel is, we want to keep it simple and clear. Uh, we want to make sure we don't cloud the issue with a bunch of verbiage that really has no place, things like commitment or surrender or promise or pledge or even repentance of sins is never mentioned as a requirement for eternal life. Um, and so the only condition is faith alone in Christ alone. So the gospel is so simple, a child can understand it, which is why Jesus, you know, suffer the little children to come unto me. Uh, right. But somehow the older we get, if you haven't trusted Christ already and been saved, the harder it becomes, it seems. And studies show this because somehow we, we begin to think that uh, the older we get, that the smarter we are, and we can, we can solve this problem on our own, that there, we can do something, that we can accomplish our salvation. Um, and we forget that we can't. It's, it's nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. So we have to simply come empty-handed and say, Jesus, I need a Savior. And yeah. you're the only one with the power and authority to save me, so I'm, I'm trusting in you and only you uh, for salvation. So right. You know, in a nutshell, that's the clarity of the gospel. Keep it simple. You know, you can state the gospel in 10 words or less. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And, yeah. uh, and that's the, the crux of the matter, no, no pun intended. So, uh, you know, the clarity and accuracy is important. Sometimes people are clear in what they say. They'll say, you know, if you'll just commit your life to Jesus and promise to follow him, you can go to heaven. Well, that's pretty clear. The problem is it's not accurate. It's wrong. Right, right, right. <laughs> you don't get to heaven by making a commitment to Christ. It is not a bilateral contract where you do your part and then God in exchange, you know, fulfills his part. It's a unilateral gift. Yes. Uh, only one way. Uh, the Bible says God so loved the world. Jesus said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but has everlasting life. So God's the giver, <clears throat> we're the receiver, 
God is uh, freely offering the gift of eternal life to everyone, but each individual person has to receive it. And again, it's so simple. You receive it by trusting in Jesus Christ uh, for eternal life. And, you know, we have complicated the definition of faith. We have made it uh, yeah. way, way more complex than it is. We've inserted uh, works-based stuff into it. And yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, totally incorrect. Yeah, we've, we've front-loaded it and back-loaded it. Faith is simply the confidence or assurance in something. Amen. So when you place your confidence in Jesus Christ as the one who you know, can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life, then you've been saved. If your confidence is in something else, maybe your own works, your heritage, your religion, your church membership, your family, uh, your, your, you know, whatever, then your, your confidence is misplaced. So your faith, your confidence must be only in Jesus on, and, and what he did for you on the cross. So, so that's the clarity and accuracy. I mentioned that sometimes people share a gospel message that's clear, but it's inaccurate. Uh, at the same time, some people share a gospel message that's accurate, but it's just kind of not clear. You know, they're just not good communicators. And so that's what we mean by the clarity and accuracy. It's, it's got to be correct, but it's also got to be clear. And so I would say one of the reasons that most believers don't share the gospel, as this uh, listener who wrote into us is, is wanting to equip, you know, her circle of influence with the ability to do that. The reason that people don't do that is because they're just not, they haven't done it enough. They're not practiced or well-versed in it. Uh, a lot of times we have this mistaken notion that salvation, especially if you're a believer who's been a believer a long time, and maybe you grew up in church, we have this mistaken idea that salvation is something that happened a long time ago when we were a kid and we put it on the shelf. And then now it's all about living the Christian life. And we don't, we don't talk about the gospel, but I believe there's value in, 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 in the gospel talking about it for believers and unbelievers. Amen. It, it ought to be so much a part of your thought process and your daily discussion as you praise God for his indescribable gift every day, that when the opportunity presents itself, articulating the gospel should just flow naturally. It should. Yes. Mouth. Um, that not by works, we've had the opportunity over the years to do many evangelism training conferences and to speak about this across the country. And I like to use the phrase uh, instinctive evangelism yes. uh, instead, instead of things like, uh, uh, you know, intentional evangelism, for example. Intentional uh -huh. evangelism uh, makes it sound like it's something you've got to wake up and put it on your list and you got to say, okay, today I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to run to the grocery store and I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to be intentional about it. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I prefer to think of it more as something you don't even have to think about. It's just instinctive. It's, it's not a chore. It's a joy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with any other good news, we wouldn't have to remember to put it on the list. I mean, if you win the lottery and you suddenly got $10 million, you're not going to have to make a list to remember. No, no, let me not forget to tell people about that. You know, <laughs> or if, if you cure That's cancer, right. you know, you're not going to, you know, say, I got to remember to tell people about that. It's just going to flow naturally. It's going to be, you know, headline news. But, uh, but for some reason, evangelism, we think is 
something we've got to muster up the courage to do. And it, it ought not be that way. We ought to right. be able to share the gospel instinctively whenever the Holy Spirit gives us an opportunity. You, that's you know, really what this... As a matter of illustration, if I can, if I can just interject, yeah. uh, your very, very basic presentation of what the gospel is uh, just took about seven and a half minutes. Wow, yeah. Now, now that's, that's a relatively short time uh, if you're into, you know, a, a pretty good conversation about this, especially if somebody else brought it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, depending on the context, this is what we mean by instinctive is, you know, you, you want to, you, you may have more or less time. And depending on the questions that someone has, you may go, you know, talk in more detail about one thing or another. But sometimes if you're on an elevator and you just have, you know, 30 seconds and someone sees you may, maybe wearing a, a Christian a t-shirt or carrying a bible or like in my case i often wear our not by works uh shirts and jackets and things and they'll see that and they ask hey what's that about i've only got a short time and so you have to be able yeah. to instinctively say well you know we're a ministry that that cares about the good news of jesus christ and we talk to people all the time about how jesus christ died for their sins and rose from the dead and if they'll trust in him they can they can be saved have you ever heard that before and then if nothing else even if they say, you know, the, the elevator doors open and they say, oh, interesting, and off they go, at least you've articulated the gospel very briefly, which is Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And, you know, let us never forget that it's the gospel that's the power of God to salvation. Yes. Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, you haven't really done evangelism until you've at least articulated that core essence of the gospel. Um, yes, sir. But there's a lot more that can be said in the lead up and in creating common ground and uh, those types of things that that's what we call apologetics. Uh, and I think that can be very helpful. But ultimately, it's not you or I that's going to save people. Yes. It's the Holy Spirit. And that happens when the gospel is uh, is uh, mentioned, is, is articulated. So. So, yeah, I think. Uh, you know, it's all about finding a way to, to, to spread that message. And so this uh, listener, I think, had a great point, and that is, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about uh, end times prophecy, and, and also, uh, you know, we talk about uh, things like the rapture and current events and setting the stage, and, you know, boy, it sure looks like it's going to be close, but that's great when we're preaching to the choir, and we need to do that. We need to encourage yeah. one another. In fact, uh, Paul says, encourage one another with these words. Uh, but there's also another consideration, and that is we are a part of a lost and dying world, and people need to know the Lord. That's for and, sure. And, and the same way that we are interested in, you know, this, you know, COVID chaos and uh, the geopolitical events and the troops amassing at the court at the, at the uh, border of uh, Russia and Ukraine and our troops over in the South China Sea and, you know, 5G technology and, you know, deadly vaccines and uh, geoengineering and weather issues in the sky. Unbelievers are interested in that stuff, too. Yeah. And I think those issues are starting to wake them up. And I think it's it's prompting some some curiosity with what the gospel actually says what does the bible say about all this stuff 
I know that I've witnessed the people at work that, that have come to me and said, what do you think about this situation, you know, in, in with Russia and Ukraine? Is that going to lead to World War III or is that going to be the Armageddon thing? And see, these are all opportunities that we can use. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's exactly right. And you and I have talked about how, you know, at your workplace, people do come to you. And I bet a lot of our listeners have similar experiences where, you know, if you're living the Christian life, then <clears throat> naturally your life's going to look a little different and people are going to see yeah. something different in you. Now, yeah. that's not sharing the gospel. <clears throat> you know, some people mistakenly think, well, you know, I share the gospel, but I don't do it using words. Well, you, you haven't shared the gospel if you haven't used words. That's right. But at the same time, it does relate to our testimony with yes. others. And, yes. it, and, and like you said, it causes people to, to come to you when they're having a rough time because they see something different in you. And that's what Peter was talking about when he said, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. That's correct. So I think uh, this is such a great topic and such a great question from this listener, because unfortunately, as you just said, a lot of people that are unsaved are burdened and troubled by what's going on. And they might come to a believer because that believer seems to be more at peace and, and, and confident and just exudes a, a spirit-led life. And But then they go to that believer, and the believer has the perfect opportunity to share the gospel, and they fumble the ball. And you they know? fumble the ball, yeah. So that's why I think it's commendable that uh, you know this uh, listener is wanting to train up a group of people. So uh, there's several... As far as the first question, you know, how can we start a gospel conversation with an unbeliever uh, mm -hmm. by bringing up current events and headlines? Uh, I have several that come to my mind. And again, there's no one size fits all. It's going to depend on your context. But, you know, one thing that I think has gotten a lot of people's attention over the last couple of years is the election, the uh, clearly... Yeah. fake election from 2020 clearly yeah. fake yes yeah now i anybody that follows not by works and has been to my conferences knows i am not a tr fan of donald trump this isn't about republican or democrat this isn't about the fake right left paradigm Amen. Uh, but there's regardless of which side of the you know fake paradigm you come down on the fact uh, remains the election was fake now mm -hmm. i've taught for years that at the federal level, our elections are all fraudulent. Uh, I was teaching this 15 years ago. Uh, and you can see some of my videos like red, white, and bad when the country we love becomes the country we fear or illuminating the new world order or my book, great last day's deception or spirit of the antichrist. We have a whole video on it in our 18 video series. So this is nothing new, but what happened in 2020 was so egregious. So in your face, yeah, it really was really woke up to that reality of, oh my goodness, my vote doesn't count. And so unbelievers who don't necessarily, or of course don't have a biblical worldview because they don't know the Lord Jesus, uh, they are, were talking about it around the water coolers or calling into the secular talk shows and so forth. And so when someone comes to you who, let's say they are a you know, card-carrying Republican and a big Donald Trump fan, and so they're particularly burdened by the fact that the election was stolen because uh, they're emotionally invested in that. And they say something like, "Boy, can you believe 
that all those votes that were stolen in Arizona and Georgia and you name it and how the fraudulent machines and this and that, that's, a, that's an opportunity because anyone with a, a heart for the truth, regardless of whether you're a believer or not, ought to be concerned about that. Yes. So you can say to them something like, yeah, you know, that's really terrible. You'd think in a country like ours where we're built upon you know, uh, a, democ a democratic system uh, that, you know, you could count on, you know, our votes. And, and, and it, boy, it just goes to show you how uh, much Satan is out there deceiving the world. And so right. right there, with that one statement, I've turned the discussion from a sort of surface level, political, cultural context to a spiritual context. Yes. The minute that person hears the word Satan, they're going to know that they're talking about spiritual things. And then you just have to take your cue from the person that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. On rare occasions, they may react and say, oh, Satan, I don't believe in that junk. Forget it and walk away. Well, okay, at least you planted a seed. You didn't get to share the gospel, but you planted a seed that there's more to this life than what you can see and feel and touch. But they, but they may say something like, well, interesting. I never really thought about that. Or they may say nothing, and you can continue to build on it. You can say, you know, really, this this world is there's a lot more going on in this world than uh, than what we can see, and there's a there's greater oh. agendas. At, at, oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yeah, and you can bring up the Bible like you just did, and you can say, you know, the Bible. I don't know what you think about the Bible, but boy, I, I read the Bible all the time, and it sure tells us that this kind of thing is going to happen. That 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 uh, Satan is, is, is fast at work trying to deceive the world and that yes. deception is going to get worse and worse. And, uh, and then you can begin to explain, uh, you know, did you know that there's a, a secret cabal that, that really uh, is working at the behest of Satan to try to usher in a one world system? And, uh, you know, if you've ever wondered what, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum and all of these, the Great Reset are all about. That's really what's behind it. Have you ever had a chance to look into that? Let me recommend some resources. Now, I'm, I'm kind of spewing forth like a fire hydrant here, and you may not want to say all this at, at one time, but the, the, key, the key thing to keep in mind is you've got to take the current events, the headlines, if you will, that someone is interested in, and in a, in a creative and gracious way, shift the conversation into spiritual matters. Right. And uh, so the example we just gave uh, involved a person, and we're assuming these people are unbelievers, uh, bringing up the election. But you can also do it just the opposite. You can start the discussion. You can go up to someone yeah. and say, yeah. have you ever thought about spiritual things? You know, And I find that to be a really uh, in this day and age, this postmodern age, actually a fairly helpful question to start a discussion, because most people, uh, even if they're not Christians or not really into church, uh, they think about spiritual things. It's much mm -hmm. more common today than it was back in the modern era, where you were either a person of faith or you were a person of science and reason. Uh, but now people are, are very comfortable with otherworldliness. You know, that's the reason you yeah. see such an uptick in you know, mystical mysticism and new age and you know, even discussions of things like UFOs and uh, aliens and, and all kinds of otherworldly things. So mm -hmm. 
you know, other headlines that, you know, you could, uh, you could use as an entree for the gospel, uh, of course, the whole COVID uh, chaos. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, you have to be careful because that is so polarizing. Uh, you know, you've got a huge percentage of people, including doctors and scientists and virologists and experts in their field, surgeons, pediatricians, uh, hundreds of thousands of them that have been outspoken and are on record and peer-reviewed journal articles, you know, assailing the dangers of this experimental bioinjection uh, that people call a vaccine. Uh, you've got people that have studied the virus itself and recognize that it is a weaponized bioagent that was man-made. Uh, but then you've got another extreme on the opposite end of the continuum of people that are buying the official narrative that oh, yeah. uh, think that, you know, wearing masks will somehow stop a microscopic, you know, germ, which even though <laughs> science has said for a hundred years that masks absolutely do no good. Right. Uh, so you have to be careful when you deal with, with that topic and you don't want to turn it into a debate. I mean, there's a time and a place for a debate. And I love debating uh, people who ignorantly are supporting the, the, the government narrative. But if we're talking evangelism, then, you know, that's not the time to get into a debate. So right. you have to really be discerning and listen and find that uh, common ground. And so you have to be willing to uh, how should I say this? Uh, not willing to be wrong, but willing to uh, let that go. So, for example, if someone says, "Man, I, you know, I, I really don't like wearing a mask, but I've got to if I want to shop at this place," you can you can say, even though your your knee jerk reaction might be, "Yeah, masks are worthless. There's plenty of scientific evidence of this, and actually they're harmful to you as well." You could say that, um, but you might say instead is, yeah, you know, I feel the same way. And I, there's so much conflicting evidence out there. I don't know really what to believe. I don't know what to make of it all. But uh, I tell you what, uh, it sure reminds me that you, you can't really trust mankind. But, you know, there is someone you can trust. And yeah. uh, I've learned uh, in my own life that I can trust what the Bible says. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you ever read the Bible? And so you, you don't want to lecture, you don't want to filibuster, you want to mention a couple of things and then quickly put it back in a question form to them. Like a moment ago, I said, do you ever think of spiritual things? Here I just said, you know, do you ever read the Bible? Yeah. And it's, it's a way to get the discussion started. And, and then you, you slowly get to the point where you can, art, if the conversation time and cir circumstance allow, uh, to go on, then you can quickly get to, uh, you know, or eventually get to the actual articulation of the gospel. You know, it's funny, you should bring that particular uh, example up. Uh, I got to use something similar to that uh, just the other day at work. And uh, uh, it, it's really kind of sometimes a matter of, of uh, if you're talking to somebody who's not very confident uh, about the facts, uh, you know, or, or expressing uh, their their insecurities about what's going on, you could turn the, the conversation to a confident, a confident one, you know, well, I know I, there's so much unsurety out there, but there's one thing I'm sure of. Let me, let me tell you about that. 
And, and boy, what a great segue it can be. I love it. That's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm confident about one thing. Let me share with you what it is. Um, yeah, one thing I know for sure. And I mean, over the years, I've come to, to know this to be a certainty. And uh, let me tell you about it. And what people sometimes will say, really? What's that? I'd love to know about that. Yeah. And, th and then you get to share something confident. And uh, a lot of times people are drawn to that. They're drawn to the confidence of a subject. Well, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. And boy, he is a little different. Maybe this is why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the, the day in which we live, the, the cultural uh, uh, framework is one of uh, uncertainty, that yes. we, we celebrate the lack of certainty. Uh, in fact, anytime you say you're certain of anything, you're considered mean and hateful and unloving. And so most yeah. people are hearing that theme repeatedly on the evening news and in the blogs and everywhere they look, it's all about diversity and inclusiveness. So mm -hmm. the minute you say, uh, you know, I'm confident or however you said it, you said it better than that. Um, I, here's what I trust in, uh, yeah. that gets people's attention. They're so yeah. it's, there's not used to hearing someone have any confidence in anything, you know, right. and, true. and what's especially great about that terminology is that it segues so perfectly into really the essence of what it takes to be saved, which is faith. Amen. So you've got to be confident. You can't be saved if you are believing in Jesus for eternal life and at the same exact moment doubting that Jesus Christ will save you. Right. <laughs> right. Faith and doubt can't coexist. So that's, that's why right. the, the definition of faith is confidence, being certain. So uh, you, when you bring up this idea of certainty and trust, you're, you know, sort of establishing a subject matter that you can delve into more deeply and really right. get into the issue of trust. You know, who yeah, are you yeah. trusting? How, you know, how certain are you? This is another question. And we, uh, we talk about this in a, one of our evangelistic uh, training sessions. We talk about how to use a, a spiritual viewpoint questionnaire. And one of the, the leading question right on the top of the questionnaire is, how certain are you uh, that if you died, you'd go to heaven? Right. And most people, even, even people who think they're saved, uh, will say, oh, 90%, 80%, 75%, you know, because we're just so conditioned to think, well, you can't be certain about anything. And especially when it comes to eternal life, people think it's prideful. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm certain. Well, let me uh, encourage listeners to read an article that I wrote uh, just this week. I wrote it actually uh, Sunday night. It's called Paid in Full. It's really short. It's my weekly uh, devotional, and it's posted at the Not My Works website. It's on the highlight carousel. I think it's in the second or third spot, but it's called Paid in Full. But I, I use an illustration in that article about how you know, salvation isn't something that happens over time. It happens instantly. And the moment yeah. you've received the payment on your behalf, your account is paid in full at that Amen. moment. That's right. And, uh, so you can be certain. And so, uh, you know, how certain are you that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? And then people will usually say less than 100%. And you say, well, did you know the Bible actually says you can be 100% sure? Would you like to know more? Um, yeah. so, so, wow, these are some great uh, 
you know, sort of case studies or just examples, you know, role playing, uh, if you will. Another uh, topic that's popular uh, right now is, uh, you know, going back to the COVID thing, is uh, our, our, our dear friend, uh, Dr. Fauci. Um, you know, he's oh, yeah. a polarizing individual. Um, that's, I, uh, that's the kind way of saying it there, JB. Well yeah. My, uh, my, there's so much propaganda behind it. My, uh, my daughter uh, took my granddaughter to the library recently, and then she texted a picture of a display at the library in the children's section of a book all about Fauci for children. I want to, you know, a little all small hardback. Fauci for, for children? Yeah. And it said, Dr. Fauci, America's doctor. And it was just this big propaganda piece to oh my tell children how awesome Fauci is and you should do everything he says, you know. So, um, but oh, Fauci is yeah. one of these guys that even people that are buying the official narrative and the great deception of our day about COVID, you know, many of them still have a distaste in their mouth for Fauci because there's been enough coverage out there on, uh, you know, different outlets of his inconsistencies and his lies. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, he's, he literally one minute says one thing and the next week he's saying another, uh, yeah. the exact opposite. So, you know, even unbelievers at some point begin to go, wait a minute, you know, yeah. who <laughs> wants, you know, so, right. uh, so he's a, another topic that if he comes up and it frequently, he will, you might be in a break room at work or uh, even at a, a store that has that maybe is selling TVs and they're showing one of the big uh, <coughs> channels. And so they show Fauci and you could say, man, I don't know what to think about that guy and, and just kind of gauge their interests. And, and of course, if they say, well, I think he's the smartest guy in the world and I believe everything he says, well, then you got to shift gears and maybe go a different direction. But if they say, yeah, man, he's, he's all over the map. Well, then you can say, you know, you can segue from that into, yeah, there's a lot of, uncertainty out there it's getting to be where you you don't know what to believe anymore i'm sure glad i've got the bible to tell me what hey, yeah amen see. <laughs> so uh, uh see, what, for, for, for us uh for, for born again believers that's just a natural segue it, it ought to it ought to flow really yeah i mean it should instinctively again there's that it, word it should uh, right? yes but we just don't think about it um so if we could step back for a minute from this, uh, uh, you know, this uh, idea of ex specific examples, uh, you know, we have to remember the goal. What, what's the, the goal? The goal is we should have a heart for lost people because yeah. if the rapture were to happen, and remember, we're talking about evangelism in the context of Bible prophecy, if the rapture were to happen, people that don't know the Lord are going to be left behind. And yes. it's going to be extremely difficult for them in the, in the increasing deception uh, in, during the tribulation to be saved. I mean, they could be saved if they believe the gospel, but it's going to be harder then than it is now uh, right. because of deception. And uh, so, and, and moreover, you know, not even just the rapture, but if what if they died? I mean, we're not promised tomorrow. So, right we should have a, a concern for lost people. And so when we think about evangelism, it's not about winning an argument uh, it's, or convincing someone that you're right. It's about ultimately creating an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to just really pierce their hearts. Yeah. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't need me or you. Uh, he can, no. people, people can get saved through 
all kinds of means. They can find a gospel track uh, laying right. on the counter. That's but right. God's divine design in the Bible, in the, his plan of the ages for this present age, for the church age, is to use you and I, the church, to share the gospel. That's the Great yeah. Commission. That's right. So God's not limited to that, but certainly we do know without question, according to Scripture, that a person has to hear, understand, and believe the gospel to be saved. That's, that's correct. So uh, again, God can choose to communicate the gospel to people in all kinds of creative, miraculous ways, but the ideal, normal, natural means of spreading the gospel is through you and I. So, you know, when we, when we care about the souls of our lost friends, we want to uh, keep that in mind and not become argumentative or combative or, you know, you know that, that's the problem I have with some of the apologetics uh, uh, courses that I see out there. And I, I've taught apologetics uh, for many years at, at the academic, in an academic setting, but I do it from a slightly different vantage point because um, I don't think it's my job to argue someone into the faith. And right. That's I, right. I, I think we can we can be gracious and we can bring up points that will get people thinking. But I'm the the, the last thing I want to do is have someone storm off in frustration. Yeah, that, that's right. So I want to keep in mind the, the goal. What's the goal? To see yeah. come to faith. And uh, so I just want to keep asking questions and keep you know, affirming, maybe not necessarily the accuracy of what they're saying, but affirming their, their feelings. And, you know, yeah, I know that's frustrating too. And, yeah. you know, that's why I really have found the Bible to be so uh, helpful because it's never wrong. The Bible says every word of God is flawless. That's right. So that's now, right. You know, I, I've got one more example, if I could Throw yeah. it in here, JB. It, 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 it just came back to me that I've even used, and I, you know, I've even used a conversation about a high-profile missing persons uh, news story. People have said, "Hey, did you see about so and so is missing? Been missing for three days, and they can't. Nobody knows what happened." And I and I tell them, "Yeah, that's. Can you imagine?" what the family's feeling like and and you, listen here's another thing can you imagine what the rest of the world is going to feel like when the rapture happens and you know maybe hundreds of millions of people are suddenly missing and nobody knows. and they say well wait whoa 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 what? <laughs> yeah and you get a chance to introduce the gospel see it, it's there are lots of wonderful opportunities aren't there I love that. I mean, that's uh, you have got some great ideas. There's no end to the the fluidity of a discussion and and how sure. you can bring it in. And and you know your your mind immediately when they talked about disappearance went to the <laughs> rapture. Did. And it that's, that's rapture. beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. That's exactly what this listener who sent us the email uh, is talking about: is how to use Bible prophecy as a framework for sharing the gospel. That's right. So yeah, I you know now another thing, and I know we're getting uh, coming up on uh, time here, but um, I, I think it's important to remember that a lot of these discussions of instinctive uh, evangelism uh, presuppose that the believer who's doing the evangelizing has a good solid basis of Bible knowledge, <laughs> and because uh, you know you're. <clears throat> 
you know, you want to always try to use scripture, but you got to have that scripture stored up within you to be able to, to think of it on in the moment. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, the old way of, of, uh, not, I shouldn't say old way, but historically, uh, a lot of evangelism training has centered on opening a Bible, sitting down with a person at Starbucks or whatever, and pointing out the verse. And obviously that's fantastic. <clears throat> if you've got a person that will give you the time and cl yeah. is clearly interested and that's wonderful, but we need to understand that God's word is quick and powerful, whether you're showing it on a piece of, you know, paper made from a tree inside a book that's bound with a cowhide and has, you know, Schofield reference notes at the bottom, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not the only way for the <laughs> word of God to be quick and powerful. It's quick and powerful when you speak it. That's so right. a lot of times, if you, especially these days, if you try to open a Bible, it, you know, the person might kind of stiffen up a little bit, but that's okay. Just, you know, don't, don't throw that the physical book in their face but still use the word of God. You can say things like, yeah. well, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's the most historically attested human being ever to walk the earth. And, you know, uh, he was a pretty amazing fella. And, and one time he said that uh, unless a person is born again, he can't see the kingdom of heaven. Right. So what did I just do? I just quoted scripture That's what, yeah. and it's quick and powerful. Uh, yeah. And so I didn't have to cite the reference or point to it on a page. Right. It's still the word of God. Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, when we are, but we have to know the word of God to be able to do that, you know, Amen. Uh, Amen. You know Jesus Christ. And I love quoting Jesus because he, he, few people, even the most ardent skeptic are going to disparage Jesus, right? He's yeah. Yeah. You know, only a, a Satanist or some, you know, Luciferian is going to, criticize jesus most people even though they may not believe in him you know believe in him as their savior they believe that he exists because he did there's no question yeah he, he's obviously an historical figure right and so when you start quoting him then it forces them to wrestle with his words which of course are the words of scripture <laughs> and so they either have to say well no he's crazy or they have to say wow that's interesting so you know, did you know um, one time Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and, and no one comes to the Father but through me, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying is in order to make these, uh, you know, make this work of being able to use current events and prophetic headlines to open the door for the gospel, you not only have to know the gospel as we started out by talking and make sure you have it clearly and accurately down, but you also need to know some scripture because um, that can yeah. be a way to let yeah. the Holy Spirit really break through. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that, that yeah, pastor, pastor, yeah, I've listened to this whole thing uh -huh. and I, and it makes me turn to my, you know, the, the scripture that, that sets a, a light under my feet all the time. And it's uh, what Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. That's right. The night cometh when no man can work. Yeah, that's right. Get wow. busy, Dick. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, time is short. Uh, time is absolutely short. And uh, and that's what I think this whole topic that we're going to be discussing over the next uh, few session, a few podcasts is, is about. It's that <clears throat> we have an opportunity. 
many more people are awakening to the subject of Bible prophecy than at any other time in American history. And uh, we're not here to set dates or you know, tell everybody, he's coming back tomorrow, grab your stuff and head for the hills. But we are here to, to respond to that interest that is happening with biblical truth mm-hmm. and ultimately with the gospel. That, that, yeah. If it's not yeah. about that, then what's the point? You know? that's, that's correct. That's correct. And uh, you, you just gave a wonderful, uh, boy, lots of wonderful examples there, JB, and an explanation of, of the basic tools needed to, uh, to start a gospel conversation with an unbeliever yeah. um, using all kinds of different, you know, headlines, current events, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful uh, introduction to the three points that, that uh, our listener, Dana, wanted us to uh, wanted us to talk about. And uh, I just want to let our listeners know that next week we're going to deal with uh, bullet point number two in her letter, which is uh, key talking points to convey the seriousness of the times and nearness of the tribulation. Um, this is going to be a, wow, what a subject that's going to be, right? Yeah, I can't wait to get to that because... Uh you know, it's, it's really more of an urgent warning that, yeah. you know, sort of, you think it's bad now, just wait. Yeah. So, therefore, right. you know, get your spiritual house in order. Are you certain that you'll be saved? So we can, we can really talk about all kinds of things happening today that should just scare, you know, people to death, frankly, uh, yeah. and really get them yeah. thinking about the future. So yeah, good stuff. Great topic. And can't wait to, to be with you again next week. Me too. And it's going to be a great, uh, great session. And then we're going to wrap this particular subject up with a, a, a third week uh, with the third bullet point being um, she wanted us to talk about a non-confrontational approach to explain that unless they put their faith in Jesus, they'll have to endure the tribulation and be condemned to hell. And she wants us to discuss loving ways to introduce that if, if we can. And uh, I think another great point, uh, great listener letter, great suggestion. That's why we're doing it, man. That, she, she, she's really on to something there. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And by the way, uh, we get a lot of uh, emails, as I mentioned, uh, more and more and more, especially over the last year, as the Lord has expanded our, our reach and given us new opportunities to be stewards of this ministry. But I got one recently from a uh, listener who uh, I don't think we'll be taking uh, their suggestion and talking about this topic because they wanted to know uh, if I could talk about how uh, QAnon is coded into the pages of Scripture and what the Bible has to say about QAnon. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll pass that one. Up. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll pass on that one. But keep the yeah, suggestions yeah. coming because we get far more great suggestions than we do crazy. Yeah. And just because. Tom Brady is retiring. That doesn't necessarily mean you'll have tomorrow. Uh, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great day. I'm so, uh, I mean, it's a great day anytime Tom Brady is going to step yeah, aside. I didn't, I didn't, when I heard that, I didn't look up for my redemption draw. <laughs> yeah, all of our listeners down in Tampa and up in Boston just uh, turned off the radio, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right well jb another fantastic hour and we thank you for being with us and uh 
Dana, we, we thank you for your suggestion once again. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, boy, if you have any other suggestions, Dana, uh, feel free to let us know. We, yeah. We'd love to hear from you again. Um, and we and we hope that you're blessed by by uh, uh, this little bit of instruction that that, that uh, JB is is good to give us, and and uh, uh, it's really helpful stuff. And thank you again, JB. Thanks. Um, be with us again next week and and the week after, so we can finish this subject up. And uh, and uh, boy, I'm sure there's going to be much much more great information to come. And uh, another listener reminder um, you can be you can hear jb on his live stream from plum creek chapel in sedalia colorado sunday mornings at 9 and 10 30 a.m mountain time and also wednesday nights uh 6 p.m mountain time uh you can go to notbyworks.org and and plug right into the live stream it's simple it's easy, and you're going to be happy you did it. Yeah, it will be so, profitable. So they will be profitable. Uh, so definitely be there. If you if you don't have a church of your own, listen in it at notbyworks.org. If you're not able to make it to your church because, hey, there's some snowstorms coming. I don't know where you live, but if you're not able to make it to your church, wow, what a great substitute NBW would be. Uh, Plum Creek Chapel. JD JB Hickson, be there. Listen. Yeah, you and we'll be happy that you've that you've done it. And let me interject real quick before you close. Uh, uh, it looks like speaking of uh, uh, live streaming, it looks like tomorrow night for our midweek service uh, on how to read and understand the Bible. I will be doing that right here uh, from my studio beneath the snow uh, oh, wow. in because we're getting a big snowstorm uh, hitting, but. One way or the other, we're always going to be live, and we have made some recent improvements to our technology. Um, and so, those of you that have tried live streaming before and found that it was not always consistent, uh, give it a shot again. We're getting great reports uh, from Sunday. Everything is positive. Everyone says, "Yeah, it worked great." Obviously, we can't control the bandwidth on your end. If you've got poor internet, it's right. going to be tough for you to live stream anything. But from the outgoing end and the upload side, we're it's really working great. So yeah, notbyworks.org. All right, fantastic. Uh, uh, one more uh, reminder for our listeners, be sure to tune in uh, with us Saturday morning when, when Pastor Dick uh, is with us and gives us a wonderful hour of instruction. And then again, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Uh, when Lucas Doremus is with us uh, for some more instruction on Proverbs. Uh, man, have we got a lineup for you folks. So, I mean, you're not going to get this kind of great Bible teaching just anywhere. Uh, and we're, But we're very happy that you've decided to, to uh, be with us. And we want to provide you a quality product. And, and let me tell you, you're, get, you're going to get that. We will see to it. Uh, with a lineup like Pastor Dick, Lucas, and, and man, J.B. Hickson, boy, you really can't get much better. So... Uh, we hope you're blessed by hearing it. We're blessed by you being here. Uh, and uh, until Saturday morning, we, we want to ask that the Lord bless you and keep you. And uh, we'll see you Saturday morning. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off till Saturday. Bye-bye.